When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and I am finally reunited with my wonderful royal colleague, Russell Myers. Hello, everybody. Hello, Anne. It's been a long time coming. Yes, so so, very sorry that we've been away so long. A combination of work and life and sickness and Christmas have probably conspired to keep us apart. But Russell's also been busy on the royal beat, so he's got lots of things to update us with. Yeah, it's been a busy few months. And then we were just we were just having a meeting about what's coming up next year, and it's going to be, I think, even busier. Yeah, very busy, and we've got some exciting plans for what we do next with Pod Save the Queen as well. So we're glad to have you with us. But one last one last show for 2018, and it's fair to say that when Russell and I got back from our holidays, it had all kicked off. So first of all, um, you know, the uh, the the news came out that Meghan and Harry were going to be moving to Windsor rather than um, taking up their apartment in Kensington Palace. Then stories started coming out about you know, how well did the Duchess of Cambridge and the Duchess of Sussex and the, the two sort of, you know, showbiz royal couples get on with each other? Were there tensions there? What was, the, what was it really like? What is, what is Meghan actually like, you know, in, in, her, um, in herself, in her own home with the staff and that kind of thing? And then obviously, just to make matters worse, Thomas Markle pops up this oh, week course, with another yeah. interview. So, I mean, we did, we did an extensive episode about Thomas Markle in the summer and I think probably everything we said at the time is still valid. I know, it's sort of history repeating itself, isn't it, unfortunately. And now, and they, and now he's sort of saying, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to sp- stop speaking. I think that this, this is, unfortunately, I think we've said that time and time before, haven't we, um, that this is the problem that isn't going to go away. And until they get actually a grip of it, then I think he's just going to be still doing interviews and saying potentially hurtful things, embarrassing the royal family. And it's a bit of a nightmare for Kensington Palace and the, sort of the wider royal family as a whole. I mean, the, 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 the households are still treating this as a private matter. Um, that's the official line, that, you know, this is a private matter and they're not going to be getting involved in it. But I'm at complete odds to see, um, well, to, to, to wonder how they can keep treating this as such because it is such a public matter and now it's, you know, not only uh, embarrassing the Duchess of Sussex and her husband, Prince Harry, but when Thomas Markle is bringing the Queen and other members of the family into the whole sort of row, this few ongoing feud that's going on, um, you know, yeah, I, I he really basically see... made a direct appeal for the Queen to Absolutely, sort it out, yeah. and Princess Diana would never have stood this, and she'd yep. have sorted it right out. Yeah, and... and when you're sort of bringing, you know, 
especially Princess Diana into it, the Queen into it, then this is, you know, a situation that I don't think is going to be able to continue the way it is. So maybe they'll take stock of what's happened over the last few months and uh, we might see some things going on behind the scenes, as we well have done with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex doing a lot of sort of things on their own over the last few weeks. So, um I, well, I hope I hope they've got a better plan than the one that is currently operating on at the moment because it doesn't seem to be Ostrich working. Ostrich head in the sand. Very much so. I mean, um, but maybe they'll get the the end of the year out of the way. You know, they've got a big year coming up. Baby Sussex on the way in the springtime, um, and which could only be weeks away. Really, I mean, she she looks ready to pop at the moment. You see, she's getting bigger and bigger by the day. Um, so if she's going to have a baby around March time, maybe. Then I think that'll be the time for him to you know pop up again and be making a few more statements about why he isn't involved in his grandchild's life. So, unfortunately, that's going to be the way it's going to keep going and um, they've got to get a grip on it. So, tricky time. So, I mean, you know, not much for the Queen to ponder on her way to Norfolk yesterday. So she had, had headed off in the train as ever with a head, headscarf on. I know, yeah. It's kind of nice pictures coming out there. So the Queen, the Queen obviously does this every... Um, well, they threw a big party, didn't they, for the for the extended royal family at Buckingham Palace the day before. Sort of a big, big luncheon at, um, at the Palace. Loads of people turn up. We saw some of the children turn up. We saw a couple of car shots of... Uh, um, George and Charlotte in the back of the car waving, and then obviously she goes to Sandringham, and, and the and the sort of close knit family will be there over the Christmas holidays, arriving out of, from the weekend onwards. I think awkward conversations, or will they just do that family thing of just ignore it all and carry well, on? Well, Christmas you know what? I mean, we've uh, we've seen an awful lot of things being said, an awful lot of reports about you know this is huge friction within the family. Um, you know, as I understand it, there, 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 there definitely is a bit of friction going on. Um, I don't think the two wives were ever going to be best of buds. I think you look at where we were from last year and that sort of Fab Four picture and that really, you know, set it alight. And everyone was really interested to see whether they would be doing more within the Royal Foundation, more of the four of them. Um, and perhaps everyone got a bit carried away because they, especially the women, they're from very, very different backgrounds. They're very, very different stages in their royal life. You know, obviously Kate will go on to um, to be queen. And then this is uh, certainly by William's side. And, and you know, cutting Megan a little bit of slack. She's just come into the family, isn't she? So she's just it still is getting used to a lot of the whys, wheres, and what's of of how to operate within the royal family. And um, I think you know, cutting again, cutting her some slack. She, she, she's she's just finding her feet. So um, it's been a big turnaround from from this time last year. So let's let's just wind it back a few weeks to that announcement that um, the Sussexes would be moving to Frogmore House. Mm. Um, so they're off to Windsor. Um, bit of a hullabaloo about made between whether you know the, they wanted to stay at Kensington Palace, whether that was even afforded to them. You know, there's been certain things said about how they they did want to go, um, and then you know it was put upon them that there wouldn't be necessarily room. One of the, the the causes was potentially that William had said that he needed that part of Kensington Palace in order to become his sort of state rooms, because he's already said when he does become. Prince of Wales, he won't be moving to Clarence House with his family. He does want to stay in Kensington Palace. Now, whether this is the main reason they've decided to go or one of the multitude of reasons, we can't be necessarily completely sure. But 
you know, they've taken the decision to, to, to go over to Windsor and it will remain to be seen whether it will be a good one. They, they obviously keep the, the working households the same, so they will be in London quite considerable amount of time because they'll obviously have to have their meetings there. But... I don't know. There's various different reasons that have been given for, sure. for the move. And, you know, and I the... think there are several reasons. You know, they do want to start to go on their own. They don't want to live in, you know, under their uh, cloud. They're, ne- they're not necessarily going to be working with each other as a foursome or a twosome every waking minute of the day, not even every week or every month. So they'll probably will come together to do stuff with the Royal Foundation. But whether they need to actually live together... You know, I don't think a lot of brothers do live together, even if it isn't a palace or a big house no. or same street if or whatever. You, if you take it sort of take take them out of being royal and yes. think about normal normal family life. I mean, I, I I lived with my sister for three and a half years in London, and that was delightful because we get on really well. Yep. But then you know, life moves on, and my now husband moved in, and my <laughs> sister went up and found some very nice flatmates, and you know, we're we're still very close, sure, but we don't live together and we don't work together yeah. although she has come up for christmas which is really nice <laughs> um so you know from that kind of thing it, yeah like you say it's not normal when you're in your 30s to be living next probably living next yeah, door exactly. to your, your siblings yeah. not all siblings get on well all of the time um and also just thinking about like kate and william after they got married and when they were thinking about starting their family first of all they had time in anglesey really away from mm. everything i mean fine william wasn't a working royal at the time it was a very different life but they had time to settle into yes we're married yes this is the beginning of our sort of official life together and yeah. one day we are going to be take on taking on these official duties but they had some time and space to themselves first and you know for all we saw pictures of kate pushing the trolley around waitrose car park or whatever they largely were able to just get on with life and then when they were in norfolk again when william was working they you know they had time away and george was able to go to like a regular nursery and sort of have a bit more like almost as not probably as, as normal, as normal a life as it can as be i mean i think you, you know you're right queen. that um yeah, Meghan and Harry probably, you know, they're going to be parents. They probably think, well, we don't want to be in the London bubble anymore. We do actually want to give ourselves a bit of time. I mean, they're still new, real newlyweds, aren't they? And even by the time the baby is born, they won't have even been married a year. And they've not been dating for all of that long exactly, before they got married. Exactly, exactly. So they're probably still finding their feet in terms of a relationship as well. So to give themselves the opportunity to probably have that time alone... Um, I mean, there's going to be still massive interest in them, whether they will be able to you know, live a relatively normal existence out in Windsor, um, but still be working in London. Um, you know, let's see. It might be a, it might be the best decision. It might be, you know, prove, prove to be a bit problematic. But um, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know what royal mums are like, but like regular mums. I mean, I've, I've spoken before. I've not I've not got children, but you see um, people who have had children often are quite willing to impart advice and other mm. people want to do it their own way and it can be it can cause quite a lot of tension I think between different people's ideas about how to bring up children or yeah, different. what's appropriate yep. I mean you know even between couples it's like why well, you're not doing this it's, it's well quite... I, I like that it's you know in a family and if, and if you are the sort of you're married to the younger sibling and you know, there's your sister-in-law has got three children and you probably don't necessarily do want to live next door to them. So you do want to make your own um, way in the world and not necessarily be monitored of how you're sort of bringing up your own children. So I, I do get it. I mean, I do get it. But I just, I don't know. I think they might be a bit bored out there. I mean, it's, it's it may, maybe they do want to move to the country, but I can't imagine that Meghan will want to 
you know, not be involved in sort of the London set. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily like you and I moving out to the country, isn't it? Um, but then her, her life is going to change fundamentally yeah, next yeah. year anyway. I mean, I mean, it's changed fundamentally this year as she's become a duchess and part of the royal family and, you know, one of the most recognisable people in the world. Absolutely, the most talked yeah. about people in the world. And next year, on a personal level, it probably changes even more because, you know, she, she and Harry were a couple before they get married and they're a couple now. But soon there will be three of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, for all that she will have all of the help and the staff in the world, she will you know her life will fundamentally change mm. and that must be you know as, for any parents to be that's a fairly daunting prospect well I think you know, they've got a lot going on there um, you know we're expecting Megan to announce her patronages in the new year which was supposed to be sort of January February time whether that might get moved back a bit um, you know she's been very busy behind the scenes over the last couple of months I understand meeting people from various charities meeting loads of um, organisations speaking to them about the causes that she's interested in there's no reason why that should not be announced in the, in the new year but um, I think they were supposed to do they were planning on doing sort of a spring tour that will probably get moved back to at least the autumn if not the next spring um, so that will give her a lot of opportunities to knuckle down and, and, and decide what she wants to do at home so you know where are they? Where are they thinking? Do you reckon for the tour? Where I th- I th- well, I, th- I think that or? yeah, I think I think there would be an, um, sort of a North America, Canada tour. Um, maybe they'd go to the Caribbean, um, and I think I think well, you know, look at how Harry's got this massive gig with the Commonwealth, hasn't it? So mm. you know, certainly moving on from next year forward, we're definitely going to see them visiting a lot of the Commonwealth countries. I mean, it, it was certainly um, you know Prince Charles's. Um, role to, to you know to, to be seen to be that sort of Commonwealth um, voice, and I think Harry doing that with the youth projects, we're going to see him taking on a lot of that that mantle. And once uh, once Megan's had the baby and having a bit of a gap before probably have it, trying to have another one, um, she can go to all the places with Zika, and it won't matter. So much. Yes, I know. <laughs> so maybe that's a good opportunity to go uh, to go to some of those places. But uh, so the the news that they were moving to Windsor sort of seemed to open the floodgates on a. A lot of more negative stories, not just about you know what the tensions between the the couples, but about Meghan herself and how 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 the staff perceive her and and that kind of thing. What is your sort of under, well, understanding? Well, there's, there's there's been a lot of debate about whether what sort of of a person that she is behind closed doors, and I think this stemmed from the story that emerged um, leading up to the wedding about her wanting that emerald tiara. And so from her insistence, shall we say, of work to wear a particular um, item of jewellery on her wedding day, you know, um, when, when, you know, any lead up to a wedding or a big event like that is particularly stressful. So if you're taking it on face value and certain brides or grooms can be a little bit um, emotional, shall we say, with certain elements of their big day, if you were to cut her some slack, then and she wasn't understanding why she couldn't have the the tiara even after it was pointed out to her. I don't think it was um, well. It, it got a little bit more complicated after it emerged that Harry had said what Meghan wants, Meghan gets. And when you develop that kind of narrative, um, I think a lot more stories were coming out because essentially there were leaks from certain areas, certain people that she'd had um, dealings with. And again, I I just think that 
maybe she's got a different method of doing stuff. Listen, she was a very uh, successful actress. She's obviously got to where she w- was with her show in the States from being very dedicated, early riser, firing off emails at 5am. And perhaps that's not the way that it kind of works in the royal household or to what certain people were used to. So, See, I'm going to defend her on the 5am emails. Like, I think you should be able to send an email whenever you sure. feel no, like no, you, no, I, you, feel like you need to. And it, it's up to the person. I mean, fine. That It should probably be framed with what the time frame is of in the subject line of whether you need to read it or mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. And probably if you're getting an email from someone who is A, your boss, and B, royal, mm-hmm. you're going to feel a bit more under pressure to deliver on it immediately. Yes. And I know that, actually, you know, in our jobs, we're not always very good at giving context of this isn't a rush, but Absolutely, can you do it no. when you get to well, it? Well, we, we kind of, but, especially when the fact that you've got, you know, phone with, with your emails on you all the time. I think we, we have developed into sort of 24-hour culture anyway, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, panic. We do. And, and it's actually more about setting out the expectations at the beginning of just saying, you know, it's part of my daily routine that I find it easiest to go through my emails and plan my day at 5am when I'm just, I'm yeah. preparing for my yoga session. Well, she's, or, a, you know, an early rise, isn't she? she's doing then crazy people like that, <laughs> like that Mark Wahlberg insane <laughs> I know, I do that he was doing but you know so yes fine if you put some context but you know I work I work shift sometimes I need to send an email in the middle of the night because that is the only time I can send it I don't expect you to read it in the middle of the night yes for sure and I, th- I think that she obviously, you know, she even said herself she wanted to hit the ground running she's obviously really keen to stamp her um, uh, personal um touch on the role as it were she's finding her feet wherever everything that she does is new so whether it's you know coming up with ideas bouncing ideas off off the members of staff you're trying to find out how you do ingratiate yourself or actually run the royal household that she how she wants it to be done as well stuff with the royal foundation stuff with her own patronages um it's a, going to be a very testing time so Things that kind of deviate from the norm without within the sort of the firm or the, the setup of the royal households has maybe spun people out a little bit. It's kind and of I like coming in at this, as the CEO of a new of very a company that's really established. You've had no interest or even concept of how they operate. So I, I, I do think cutting us some slack. Um, it's you know it's been a particularly difficult time to be involved in it. Um, and it's been a massively busy year for the Royals, hasn't it? So, is it unusual how many of her staff appear to have left? I think so. She's had to, she had to leave. I mean, I don't know really. I think that um, it can be yeah, that that as well develops a narrative, doesn't it? If, and if that hadn't if that hadn't happened, nobody would talk. If it was only one, we probably wouldn't have been talking about it. I think that uh, obviously Samantha Cohen, one of the, the Queen's most trusted aides, was sort of brought over to Kensington Palace to try and um, make sure there was this smooth transition. Now she was always going to go, but the other two members of staff that left, you know, they obviously had their own reasons to leave, and we don't necessarily know the ins and outs we can speculate and there are you know particular reports about uh, why one of them left about they weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye and they were um, becoming a bit fraught about how things were being managed by the duchess but again there could be several reasons why someone has decided to go at a particular time so i think next year it's going to be telling once she starts working as a regular member of the working royal family as well as having a baby, there's going to be a lot more pressures on her. And if we do see this narrative that's developed, 
continuing, then there will have to be something that gives because you can't keep either pulling yourself away from it and doing private engagements or you can't keep having staff leave because, you know, it, it doesn't look too good, does it? So will we, how much will we actually see her working because obviously the baby's doing the spring Mm -hmm. um so there's a couple of months there maybe when she can be busy but equally she will be quite heavily pregnant and you know there's a time you know like it does take a toll and you need to look after yourself and all that kind of thing and then presumably she will take some maternity leave Mm -hmm. and have have a break from it all so next year she might not properly get into it and whether that will just you know almost create a bit of a vacuum to uh, allow stuff however if if you know if they do move to windsor and you kind of can you're seeing these new problems develop between different staff members or you know it's a different household will be frogmore will be a completely different household it will be a completely different setup and yet still running the you know in brackets in quotes business side of things from Kensington Palace you know there's almost a different a totally new different a new element to it as well so if we're seeing the same reports from um, members of staff and aides are you know not necessarily happy with the way things are happening then who knows where we go from there really so see I, I thought it was really interesting the um, the cr- different Christmas cards that were put out yeah this, I mean this is really lovely. telling isn't it they're, they're, they're both real you know really nice pictures but you know, what a way to signify whether they meant it or not, how different or what different stages these two families are at. You've got one which, you know, the Cambridges looked like it could have lost a sort of luxury brand um, sort of clothing line, didn't it? I mean, it was something like Abercrombie and Fitch or something. But And then you've got the Sussexes, which could have been on the cover of Vogue magazine. But again, two different elements, two different, completely two different paths they're carving out for themselves. So Yeah, and I thought it was interesting because you've got the Cambridges looking straight at the camera yep. and giving themselves mm-hmm. to the picture, whereas you've got Harry and Meghan's backs, they're closed off and they're in their own world. And, and I think that's what's happening, isn't it? You know, they are it. taking themselves away. Again, you know, we had a discussion earlier about it's not necessarily um, untoward for members of the royal family to carry out private engagements, but... You know, there has been a uh, you know a few rumblings about the amount that the Sussexes have done in recent weeks, and maybe that is a you know a consequence of um, the reports that are out there. And they they probably just think we 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 need to do things our, our own way and carve out a bit of a niche for themselves. But I think that as I said, the next year will be very very telling. I mean, if 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 Meghan starts announcing patron patronages and and her causes, and yet wants to do those behind the scenes, then that really does seem at odds of you know her her sort of private ethos she's always mm. been very vocal whether it's sort of women's equality doing stuff for the UN char- charitable organizations so I can't imagine that they will want to take themselves you know do everything behind closed doors but you know she'll be a mum and you know, things change when people become parents and they have been they have been doing a few engagements both couples either individually or or together um are there any and they, you know, obviously, it's all you know, smiles and carry on, and everything. Everything's totally and fine, and nobody would dream of actually being, able, you know, commenting on any of the, any of the reports that come out. But the, the probably the fashion, the fashion council one where, yeah, Megan was presenting the Givenchy. Yeah, water Claire Waitkeller, 
um, caused probably the most. Well, did you, partly the because she looked her glamorous self with yeah. an enormous, enormous bump, and it was a you know it was, quite it a was surprise a surprise. You know, and I get that as well. But you know, a couple of days before that, um, Megan had done something with one of the Commonwealth organisations, and she's like, you know, the, the, then they just it was we found out via a picture released on Twitter, and then two days. A couple of days later, she's at the British Fashion Council Awards. And as I understand it, that was kept so under wraps because they didn't want Claire Whitecolour to, to find out about it. So when you think about it like that, it's actually quite sweet that they did mm. keep that private. But um, again, I think that there's a, lo- a lot of, there's been a lot of emotive statements made over the past few weeks about you know, the um, confrontation between the Sussexes and the Cambridges. Um, and I just think they're going through a bit of a, a period of change within all of their lives at the moment. We will see, we will see a different change in, in, in attitudes over the next year or so, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens when they move to, to Windsor. So... Christmas time, families all together. I mean, you just have to watch. I mean, Christmas. Well, it, could all, it, it, it might all blow up. I mean, you know, always... it's normally yeah, it might be like an episode of EastEnders chucking a you know, pork pie over the over the um, dinner table. Um, but what what are we expecting? What are we expecting to see? When will we get to see them? And what kind so of we'll, we'll we'll see, so we'll so they're all arriving sort of over the weekend. They all arrive in in sort of order of seniority, and then um, they will have you know they, there's a big old bash, couple of big bashes are Christmas Eve leading into Christmas Day. They they actually open their presents on Christmas Eve, uh, following their German ancestry. So there's seven outfit changes I'm told over the course of the Christmas Eve right into Christmas Day. I, mean, I don't know about you, we can't actually get any of our lot off the couch after a big feed up after Christmas. <laughs> so I can't oh, imagine anyone to wants that. to be going to a black tie event. And you know, it sounds like a lot of drinking, a lot of food. Um, there's a few joke. They they, they exchange joke gifts. They don't actually do proper presents. They all do joke gifts, which I found quite amusing looking into it. That um, Princess Anne had once given Prince Charles a leather toilet seat, and, and Harry'd given the Queen a, um, a shower cap, and uh, and just before Meghan was on the scene, actually, that Kate had given Harry a grow your own girlfriend kit. <laughs> So it's quite amusing. So well, clearly think, it works. Well, exactly. But so, listen, I think there's there will probably be a bit of a, um, you know, maybe a bit of a truce at Christmas, you know, um, meeting between the between the four of them. I don't think you know they're necessarily at war. There's been a lot of uh, r- you know, reports about whether they are at loggerheads. I don't think it's actually that serious, but um, just more indicative of the fact that they're going their separate ways. And and I, th- and I think that's pretty natural to be honest and probably quite healthy yeah i mean they they, they, they you saw i th- i think especially myself over co- you know only covering this over the, sort of the last look will be yeah about 9 months so when william is go, you know when he went to the middle east i thought that was the turning point when he was doing that in the summer you're bec- you're seeing him become a lot more statesmanlike you're seeing him now actually operating on the global stage and not only is he he's meeting world leaders speaking about global events but also lending his voice to certain charitable organizations as well the sort of stuff about the cyber bullying the mental health i think that you know that he's taking a bit of a different um approach to to his royal duty now and you know in the next 10 let's say in the next 10 years he's going to be the Prince of Wales and therefore that legacy that his father has left behind he will have to follow that and what does that then mean for him 
So it will be a, um, a period of great change in the next few years. So, and I think we're just seeing the, the sort of sh- shoots of that happening at the moment. Well, it's an exciting time it to is. be covering it. It is. It's going to be a great time. It. Yeah, definitely. So um, thank you very much for your patience waiting for waiting for us to return. Um, we will be back in the new year. We're not... We're, our schedule's over Christmas. But we've got Don't some exciting things planned. We're going we're gonna to have to sort of change up about how we're dealing with um, the podcast and it's going to be some really exciting things coming up in the future but it will very much still be all things royal so thank you for joining us throughout this year um we wish you a very pleasant holiday season a merry christmas and all the best for 2019 please join us on pod save the queen then and until next time pod save the queen 